0: had one of the most unusual things happen to me today And it's, it's been a while since I've really interacted with Or spoke with, uh, I guess channeled with uh, Psychic medium, mystic, or uh, mind reader or Whatever you prefer to call them um, There are those that are gifted They have the spiritual gift of discernment And then there are those that are total hacks And really know how to read people And tell you what you want to hear or they're tapping into a darker side of spirituality and getting their information from powers that be that are on uh, the darker spectrum. Therefore, they are manipulated uh, by demonic forces. But I had this random mystic lady. Uh, She was sitting in a waiting room and then she approached me, asked to grab my hand and referred to me as dear sir. She, now, she grabbed my hand, and I felt this instant electrical charge, which I've not felt in some time. I don't know if it's because I've inadvertently closed myself to it, or I'm just not that focused on that gift that God has given me. But she grabbed my hand, and I felt an instant charge, like a kinetic flow between she and I. And... She told me that my my grandmother is always with me and is proud of the work that I do. Now, my grandmother passed in 2005. And the moment after she actually died and her spirit left her body, I was all the way in North Carolina at the time, waiting in line to see War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise at that point. And I saw a woman in the distance Approaching me while I was waiting in line Walking toward me I recognized her instantly as my grandmother And she came to me Stood close enough for me to make eye contact And spoke to me telepathically and said That she is proud of me That she is sorry that I couldn't make it To be by her side or to see her off But this is beyond my control and she's ready to go home and told me to always be a wonderful husband and father to my children now at that point i didn't have kids would not have my first born until 2007 and when we had our son lucas now i was 31 years old at that time so i i was much older than most men when they decide to start a family i wasn't really in the mood for kids and my grandmother Said to this through this mystic that she was proud of the work that I do and This mystic also went on to say that my wife's grandmother Who I was very close to as well She passed in 2007 That she is very proud of the work that I do My writing, my art, and to keep doing it And that their energies surround me This mystic, this mystic told me Their energies surround me daily she said that my eyes exhibit kindness and compassion and that both of my grandmothers told her that animals and children love me and know my soul, which I'm a real, um, I'm a major activist for animals and helping them whenever I see, regardless of what kind of animal it is, if it's hurt or needs help, I jump in and help it. I've crawled through, uh, I've gone through crawl spaces to rescue animals that are stuck or trapped or need to be retrieved and handed over to the Humane Society or uh, to the owner or whatever. Um, I I feed wildlife. I I provide them with food and water. Wild animals, I'm always tossing food to them. I, I like to observe them. I like to watch them. I admire them. Uh, children have always liked me, they've always warmed up to me immediately and have been drawn to me Which never made sense because for the first 30 years of my life I couldn't stand children But they still always wanted to interact with me or talk to me And of course if a child approached me and spoke and, and asked me a question or talked to me I, I would be courteous to a child, I would be kind to a kid, but I didn't want any of my own Then once we had Lucas that all changed dramatically, and it was the best decision I ever made. She also told me that they want me to continue in the arts and that my work will impact millions. It was really weird at first. She approached me at first and, like I said, addressed me as, dear sir, she asked for my hand and told me that I entertain spirits and have a strong vision for the peculiar and the unseen. She straight up knew me. Somehow she knew me through my eyes. What she said exhibited kindness and compassion. And I exhibit this whole facade of being a real hard ass or um, not really caring about what... I I really don't care what anyone thinks of me, but I'm very opinionated and vocal about things. And if, if if I think someone's a pain in the ass, I straight up tell them. And I play this hard guy every day in my daily interactions with other people and it's a part of my shtick. It's part funny and part serious. I try not to take myself too seriously because when I do I become a total horse's ass. Thankfully the lady was masked and as was I. She had her own sanitizer and after handling um, my hand she offered some sanitizer which I gladly received. And then I used my own sanitizer once I was away from her because I'm real particular about whose hand sanitizer it is I'm using. I felt a slight charge when she grabbed my hand, like I said. I hadn't had an experience like that in some time. You're listening to Paranormally Speaking. I'm your host, Neil Parks. This week's episode will be dealing with water monsters water cryptids, sea serpents, whatever you prefer to call them. I'll be covering everything from Champ to Nessie to the Coelacanth in Madagascar to various other aquatic entities that we may never see in our lifetime, but we know they exist. We know they're down there. There's the Megalodon, which is thought to be extinct, but over the last 70 years or so, there have been three sightings of this mega shark, the Megalodon. It's about as big as a damn skyscraper, but it doesn't come close enough to where we're sunning on the beach, thankfully. Yet, it doesn't come close enough. And there's also strange life that's been discovered at the very bottom of the Arctic. So if you'll please hold for an important commercial announcement I will return with fun facts and interesting tales to share. Once again, this is Neil Parks. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. Thank you for sticking around and listening to that hot garbage from our sponsors. wanted to share an awesome factoid with you about sea monsters, being that sea monsters are beings from folklore believed to dwell on the sea and often imagined to be of immense size. Marine monsters can take any form, including sea dragons, sea serpents, or multi-armed beasts. They can be slimy and scaly and are often pictured Threatening ships or spouting jets of water. The definition of a monster is subjective. Further, some sea monsters may have been based on scientifically accepted creatures such as whales and types of giant colossal squid. Now, moving along to the most recent sightings, currently reported specific sea monsters, water monsters, lake monsters, such as Cadborosaurus. Of the Pacific Northwest, Champ of Lake Champlain, Chessy of the Chesapeake Bay, of course Nessie of Loch Ness. Champ is Nessie's cousin. They are both described as what a Plateosaurus would have looked like. And then there's Izzy of Lake Ekedah and Kiyosha-Ku. Then there's Ogopogo of the Okanagan Lake. There's Luska, Morguar. Then there's ninjin, a humanoid creature sighted in the seas of north Japan. Shoreladdy. It's in uh, Westford's Iceland, Arfinforjor. The seahorse, Arfinforjor West Yorse in Ireland, Iceland. The shell monster, Arfinjor Westford's Iceland. And the merman also in Westford's Iceland. Creatures of H.P. Lovecraft's Chikulu Mythos, including Chikulu himself. Or Chihulu, however you wish to pronounce it. It's pronounced about three different ways. Creatures in such sci-fi horror films as Deep Star Six, The Rift, Deep Rising, and Deep Shock. Clover, Cyrus from Cyrus the Unsinkable Sea Serpent by Bill Peet. Fictional portrayals of the giant squid. Like in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Giant Octopus in It Came From Beneath the Sea, Iku Toruso in Lanrat's Cavalla, Giganto, Godzilla, Mothra, Gorgo, Manda, Kraken is depicted in Clash of the Titans, both the 1981 and 2010 versions, as well as the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. That version of the Kraken is very different from the one in Clash of the Titans. Ibira, Titanosaurus, Zygra, Moby Dick, Retosaurus, the Terrible Dogfish, Jaws, Sigmund, and the Sea Monsters. Sea Serpent as depicted in C.S. Lewis's novel The Voyage of the Dawn Shredder. Why do people see sea monsters? The open ocean can be a terrifying place miles from shore on storm-tossed seas, with nothing but water in all directions, including straight down. A sailor or a fisherman cannot help but wonder what lurks in the depths. When the oceans were still unexplored, these fears often took the form of imaginary monsters. Many sea monsters include features from living animals. A large tentacle becomes part of a monstrous sea serpent or many-armed kraken. The eyes see a fragment, the mind fills in the rest, a blend of tale tales, tall tales of that mistaken identity and resonate cultural symbols within. Stories of sea monsters often reveal more about the minds of the imaginers than they do about the natural world around us. It was a giant squid 25 feet long. It was heading toward the nautilus swimming backward very fast, we could clearly make out about 250 suckers lining the inside of its tentacles, some of which fastened onto glass panels of the lounge. The monster's mouth, a horny beak like a parakeet, opened and closed vertically. What a whim of nature, a bird's beak and a mollusk. Jules Verne, 20,000 leagues under the sea. Then there's many armed monsters. The mythical Kraken may be the largest sea monster ever imagined. Some stories described it as more than 2.5 kilometers, 1.5 miles, around with arms as large as ships' masts. Perhaps based on sightings of giant squid tentacles, this multi-armed monster rarely attacked humans, preferring to stay in deep water where it feasted on fish. The chief dangers came from being too close when it surfaced, or too close when it sank, as a boat could be sucked down in a whirlpool created when it submerged. It was described in Scandinavian stories dating back about 1180 A.D. The kraken was said to live near Norway and Iceland. Long, flexible arms or tentacles like those of a giant squid or octopus. Limbs so large they looked like a ring of islands. It ate huge quantities of fish, which it lured with an enticing smell. Fishermen would rush over, hoping to snare a share of the kraken's catch. When a Kraken surfaced, a shimmering cascade of fish might be seen tumbling down its back. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey guys, good news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And Hims makes it extra affordable. You pay just 30 bucks for a month's supply. And right now, get your first online doctor's visit totally free when you go to 4 good. That's right, free, zero copay, no expensive appointments, no awkward face-to-face conversations to get your prescription. HIMSS connects you to doctors online who can evaluate you and, if appropriate, prescribe your ED medication. And a pharmacy sends it right to your door. Hims makes it affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to Hims, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, forhims.com slash good. That's forhimscom slash good for your free online visit. F O R H I M S dot com slash good. Family is big around here. We're family-owned, family operated, family managed. And that means legacy. That means dependability. That means using Granger. With over 1.5 million products and knowledgeable product experts, Granger has whatever we need. And with same day pickup and next day delivery options, they have it whenever we need it. For over 90 years, businesses like ours have trusted Granger. Because, like family, Granger's got our back. Call clickgranger.com or stop by to see for yourself. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I remember when I was probably in the seventh or eighth grade, there was a video that had been circulating around several uh, friends and family members. And this was way before the the Internet. This was uh, in its infancy when it was just being thought about and algorithms were being written. I mean, this is late 80s, early 90s when this happened. The video recording is from uh, a pond that connects... Beneath itself to the river which is nearby The pond was a good maybe 20 feet from the river But there were channel systems under this pond And it had its own currents So when the river was running high Fish became more active in this pond Along with other things that One of which was captured on this video recording Beside the pond next to it Is a farm area And these kids were recording the river because it it was higher than usual after a heavy rain. And they were seeing how it was sloshing up on the ground and getting closer and closer to the pond. And they were certain that it was just going to roll over into it. You could hear them talking a lot to each other back and forth about it. And one of the kids, one of their parents was out by the pond. And something started bubbling from the pond. And there were about four or five chickens just walking around at random. Because remember, this was a farm area as well, right by the river. And the pond was a part of it. Two of the chickens were very close to the edge of the pond. And whatever it was that was bubbling up revealed itself, came up out of the water. And it was a huge dome shape, almost like as big as the front end... Of a Volkswagen Beetle It came up to the surface And lifted itself up Out of the water And actually had front arms like a frog This thing looked like a giant ass frog Pulled itself up out of the water It was dark brown Almost black like a killer whale And as it pulled itself up Out of the water It opened its huge mouth and it had the mouth of like a, like you would see in a on a bass or a catfish. And it swallowed two of the chickens whole. Just opened its mouth like Hungry Hungry Hippo style. And grabbed two of these chickens and pulled them under the water into its mouth. Like you would see uh, an alligator do when, or a crocodile when something gets too close to its lair. It opens its huge jaws and just snap, pulls something in and, and eats it. And that's what this thing did, whatever this was. Really have no idea for sure what we were seeing there. But the video was recorded in the state of Ohio. Still to this day, not really disclosed as to where. No one's 100% sure where this was captured. All we know and all I know is that I saw this video with my own eyes. And this was long before the days of Photoshop or any kind of awesome video editing software Uh, Being made available to the average American Or average person for that matter Uh, That was uh, an interesting Encounter I had that I felt needed Shared Please hold for an important word from our sponsor Every summer, my family and I spend a week in Vermont. The last three Augusts from 2020, 2019, and 2018, each one of those visits included not only uh, reconnecting with family that we only get to see once a year, but also a nice little trip to and through Lake Champlain uh, outside of Burlington, Vermont. Uh, While I was in Vermont, I visited Lake Champlain in Burlington. Went to several shops looking for any merchandise pertaining to Bigfoot in Vermont or Champ in Lake Champlain. Champ, that being uh, Nessie's cousin in the States. And found several decals, but no t-shirts, unfortunately. I went to a museum in Burlington. By the time we got there, they were already closed. Turns out they are the ones that carry most of the Champ merchandise in the Stowe slash Montpelier slash Burlington area. So, I went to Amazon, and just like every other bloke in America right now, I spent my money with a third party to get a shirt showing Champ at Lake Champlain. Didn't get it from Burlington, but still, it's a thought that counts, considering I did spend a lot of time there. Talked to a few people about Champ, and... Bigfoot sightings in Vermont And uh, heard a lot of Interesting stories That people had relayed to me From what their grandparents Had told them or friends that had seen Bigfoot or A yeti type creature in the Mountain region when it's snowing Heavily Uh, A lot of fun doing that Now a lot of people Have asked me through the years How on earth I can believe In Bigfoot and they're taken aback when I tell them that I'm seriously invested in the possibility of Bigfoot existing, that I completely believe in it. Uh, Same with uh, water monsters, all creatures of cryptozoological backgrounds, Mothman, things of that nature. And when you look at the earth, it's over 70% water. We know more about our galaxy that surrounds us than we do about our own planet. And every day, researchers and scientists and people who just happen to be at the right place at the right time are discovering new species, a new type of butterfly, a new type of larva, a new type of monkey, a new type of strange hybrid bear, maybe some kind of of a mountain lion or a type of bobcat that was thought to be extinct but is very much alive. That is what keeps me believing in those things. When we live on a planet that we only know about 5% of our own ocean, and it still goes deeper and deeper and we can't reach it, and a lot of the wilderness within the United States alone, not just jungle regions outside of the U.S. and in third world countries and desert regions that are untouched by man or man may have never set foot on, and we've become so arrogant in the 21st century that we think we have it all figured out. But then you look at those possibilities, you look at that reality, the fact that a majority of our own wilderness in the United States has not been thoroughly explored. There's plenty of room for a creature type, uh, such as Bigfoot, to, to hide, to play hide and seek, to find a new location, to constantly move or to completely blend in directly under our nose without us even noticing. Uh, Could be a creature with the ability to move in and out of space and time or in and out of a bridge to reality where a multiverse exists and they live in an alternate reality and they can step in and out of certain windows that only they know where they're located and they pop into our reality for just a glimpse for just a short moment. And then boom, they're back into their world. The possibilities are endless. And that is what keeps me believing in Champ at Lake Champlain or Bigfoot in the United States, Yeti throughout the world, the Skunk Ape in Florida, Grassman in Ohio, the Mothman. Those things are entirely possible. Shows like Scooby-Doo taught us a lot that The real monsters are people, essentially, and creatures like what I talk about on my podcast, even spirits, ghosts, aliens, UFOs that house aliens, those things are entirely possible, and they're happening now, and they've happened for centuries. And it's almost as if we've reached a new age of enlightenment within the 21st century itself, because people are discussing these things openly, freely, without prejudice. Uh, hell, there's TV shows about it, radio shows, documentaries, podcasts, such as my my own podcast. People speaking openly and freely about these things. It's a great time to be alive. I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Could this be the remains of the ever elusive Loch Ness monster? Speculation that mystery skeleton washed up on beach during Storm Ciara is the Loch Ness Monster. A gigantic skeleton washed up on an Aberdeenshire beach during a storm and has prompted online speculation over what it could be, including suggesting that it might be Nessie. A photograph of the carcass was posted on social media in the wake of the Storm Ciara, which brought strong wind gusts to the whole of the UK. Hundreds of people have joined in the debate about what this mystery object might be via the community group. FUBAR news suggestions, including that the skeleton is of a whale, while other ideas included a saltwater crocodile and the vertebrae of a brontosaurus or a diplodocus. Other contributors joining in the fun reckoned it was rarely seen a deep sea haggis, or a Chinese New Year dragon. Various people suggested that it was Nessie. Brian Ingram said Nessie escaped to the sea, but then came to a sticky end. Emma Louise Bolin had a similar view. Nessie could not have adapted to salt water, she said. This picture was posted on FUBAR News, which is available through facebook.com slash foobarnews slash photos. Related articles were first recorded. Nessie sighting of 2020. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Join me next week for more weird stories, interesting tales, news of the unknown and unfamiliar and otherworldly. I'm Neil Parks, award-winning author, illustrator, artist, producer, actor, um, and a few things, and a screenwriter. Most importantly, I'm a family man. I've been with my wife for 21 years, and our oldest is 13 years old. Our youngest is 11. There's a lot more to me than just the spooky guy who talks about ghosts and aliens and whatnot. I'm actually a pillar of the community. That's what I've been told. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much for sitting through all of this and for letting me talk. Neil Park signing off.